Good evening and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. All three leagues are in action this weekend as we've split it over multiple days, but still plenty of goals and controversies for us to get our teeth into. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week. And although I did mention plenty of excitement throughout today's episode, the first game we're looking into is not one of them. In the Championship on Friday night, Birmingham City nil, Queen's Park Rangers nil. Birmingham City were held to a draw for the second successive home game as lowly QPR battled hard to maintain this season's improved away form. The Blues had hit late winners in both of their first home games this season and had come from behind to earn a point off Gary Rowett's Millwall three weeks ago but they could not find a way past QPR keeper Asmir Begovic, while Birmingham stopper John Ruddy was in equally good form. The real standout moment of the night, however, was former West Bromwich Albion midfielder Sam Field's astonishing acrobatic clearance to prevent his teammate Steve Cook from scoring an embarrassing first-half own goal. Let's move on to a game that was slightly more interesting then. Ipswich Town 4, Blackburn Rovers 3. Ipswich weathered a Blackburn Rovers comeback to edge a seven-goal thriller and keep pace at the top of the championship. The host wasted no time in taking the lead through Harry Clark after four minutes, but Arne Sigurdsson levelled on his Blackburn debut just five minutes later. Ipswich moved back ahead through Nathan Broadhead's drilled low finish and George Hurst's goal against his former club made it a 3-1 lead. A Clark own goal pulled one back for Blackburn before Sammy Schmodix dragged them level, but Massimo Luongo made it Ipswich's day. The victory means Ipswich are second in the championship, level on points with leaders Leicester City. After Preston were held to a draw by Rotherham United and fell to third, more on that later, while Blackburn are 14th. Leeds United 3, Watford nil. Leeds secured their first home win league of the season in nine games with a clinical 3-0 victory over Watford at Ellen Road. The Whites dominated the 90 minutes with Jorginho Rutter having a goal ruled out for offside and Daniel Barkman keeping a muted Watford on level terms with a string of excellent saves during the first half. Joel Perroy's fourth goal of the campaign finally gave Leeds their first rewards after 67 minutes with a tap-in from close range before Sam Byron's header made it deservedly 2-0 three minutes later. Jaden Anthony wrapped up the three points in the final whistle of regular time as a dismal Watford stretched their run without a win away from home to 12 league games. Let's have our first interview of the night and we will start with Leeds United manager Daniel Fark. Well, Daniel, that was uh, a good day, was it not? Yes, could be worse, definitely. So uh, we're happy with the day today, yes. Was there any sense of anxiety at half-time when you dominated the first 45 and hadn't scored a goal? No, we were not uh, fearful at, uh, at half-time. I was pretty happy and uh, I doesn't come that often along that you don't have to speak about any uh, topics at half-time because I think we were brilliant. Our performance was brilliant. We created so many chances, uh, dominated possession, dominated the game. Um, were all over them, good pressing, good in the counter pressing, didn't allow them to have to have one chance, hardly a touch in our, uh, in our half. Um, but it's also like to convert this, uh, this dominance into, uh, into uh, a result and that's what we did in the, in the second half. It's sometimes like a, like a bottle of ketchup here, yeah? you're shaking and shaking and trying, nothing comes out, but uh, don't stop, so keep going. This is what we did in the second half and then, yeah, overall, fantastic, fantastic performance, fantastic win for us. And, I'm uh, pleased 
obviously also with the goals, but uh, even more uh, that we are able uh, to return back to the dressing room again with a clean sheet. And uh, yes, I think a great day for all of us. Yeah. The, the, the clean sheet, the defensive aspect is, is almost as important, isn't it? We played a quality side, Watford. I expect them to be uh, back in the uh, also uh, in the mix uh, when next May comes. So it's an ambitious club as well, and we dominate them totally, uh, totally today. And uh, obviously, you would sometimes also to expect them to have a shot uh, anyhow. And they had, I think, two chances and uh, just one uh, situation when my goalkeeper was not involved at all in the first 94 minutes, but he had to be there. And then uh, to be there was a brilliant save. Is also uh, crucial and to return. Uh, Again, the fourth diamond row against a quality side back to the dressing room with a clean sheet. It's always uh, the basis uh, for, for success and we're working quite hard and disciplined and also not overexcited at the moment, although uh, we had many, many situations in the, in the second half where there are some magic t uh, touches uh, <laughs> out on the pitch anyhow um, to be excited about, but that we then stayed that focused to return back uh, with not conceding is, is the most pleasing uh, aspect today. You, you mentioned the, the bits of magic. I mean, there's, there's a time and a place for, for certain tricks and flicks, but Jorginho at times was, was uh, unplayable. He was outstanding. For me, the most important thing is that he works unbelievably hard for, for the team. It's also like he recovers, he, he wins balls back, he links the play really well. Uh, today, he was, there was a fantastic performance, but I also uh, talked to him straight after uh, after the game. So, obviously, once you're 3-0 in lead and you do all this magic things on the pitch, everyone is, is cheering, but uh, you have to make sure that you also play pragmatical. And, and also, like, when it's 9-0, it's important. Come on, stay on it when you when it counts. Stay on it in the box. Score the first goal. Be there with a, with a perfect pass. I think that's what he did in the in the second half. Also involved in the goals uh, a lot. And then there's also the time to, to shine even, uh, even a bit more more and, and also to enjoy the game and also to entertain the supporters but it's also important that we don't overdo it uh, because it shouldn't be embarrassing for the uh, for the opponent and we always uh, want to handle everything with class and style and and do it respectful but if he does it in the way that he works that hard and disciplined uh, today and then lets his quality shine like today then we're all pleased so Millwall away win tough draw in midweek at Hull and then finish up six days where you've got a home win first home win of the season that's a busy week, it's a hard week, but it's a good week, isn't it? Could be worse, uh, definitely. Um, it could be even better with nine points, <laughs> if, I'm, uh, if I'm honest. But let's be honest, so seven points, three clean sheets, two difficult away games. Performance-wise, uh, top class, can't can't um, criticise any anything. So I'm pretty pleased and let's deserve right now also like to get, uh, get some rest. It was busy for them, especially the international players had more or less four weeks in a row without a day off, so it's it's crazy at the moment, the load, but um, right now we will calm also the, the intensity training for one or two days uh, down, and then, yeah, next week we go again, this league is relentless, and we want to keep going with this type of performance, this type of results, and this is also like our ambition. Leicester City 1, Leicester City 0. Jamie Vardy scored for the penalty spot as a dominant Leicester beat a doggy for Leicester City 1-0 at the King Power to return the championship. The veteran striker broke the deadlock midway through the second half after Wilfred indeed went down the box, having fallen over an outstretched leg from Calvin Smith. Nigel Pearson's side had until then been frustrating with his former club, holding firm to keep out a barrage of chances from the boxes, including Max O'Leary speaking to a kin and GP ball first half header off the nine. Leicester smothered the visitors with 19 shots to their five, none of which were on target keep their first clean sheet at home in 17 games and move back to the summit of the league. 
Middlesbrough 2, Southampton 1. Middlesbrough eased pressure on boss Michael Carrick as they got their first championship win of the season, coming from behind to beat struggling Southampton. Adam Armstrong finished well to put the Saints ahead early on before the impressive Ryan Green levelled for the host just before the break, having already gone close. The host took the lead thanks to Johnny Houghton's penalty after Taylor Harwood Bellis had been dragged down, oh, sorry, had dragged down Josh Coburn in the area. Coburn and McGreen both had good chances to increase the lead, while Saints Samuel Adozi fell to a good save from Semi Dieng and Borough held on. The win missed Michael Carrick's men off the foot of the championship table and into 22nd, while Southampton slipped to 15th, with the fourth successive defeat putting more focus on the leadership of Boss Russell Martin. Someone that will look slightly better than both of those managers we just mentioned will be Michael Schumacher. Plymouth Argyle 6, Norwich City 2. Plymouth Argyle scored six goals in the championship match for the first time in more than 36 years as they thrashed Norwich at Home Park. Morgan Whittaker, one of six players recalled after the 4 1 midweek loss at Bristol City, put Argyle ahead early on before Dan Scar got a second from six yards out. Whittaker and Finnezaz both scored in the first half stoppage time to stun the Canaries, who conceded four goals in a half for the first time since mid April. Having missed the chart soon after the restart, Whittaker got his hat trick from close range after the hour, before Adam Ida scored twice for the Canaries in the final 20 minutes. Substitute Luke Cundall made it six in stoppage time as Argyle scored their highest number of goals in the second year game since a 6 1 win over Huddersfield Town on the 2nd of August 1987. The win, a second in six games, lifts the Pilgrims up to 11th, while Norwich slips a sixth. Just before I move on, I realise that I've called him Michael Schumacher, and of course the Plymouth Argyle boss is Stephen Schumacher. Rotherham United 1, Preston North End 1. Preston North End slipped from the top of the championship table as they were held to a draw by struggling Rotherham. Rotherham took a surprise lead as the game neared the break, with Jordan Hugill firing home from distance. But Liam Lindsay headed Preston level on the verge of half-time to earn a point for the visitors. The result means Preston slipped to third in the championship table after Leicester and Ipswich both won. Preston came into the match off the back of a stunning midweek comeback victory against Birmingham, with Militant Osmasic's winner helping them maintain their spot at the top of the league. But they were caught on the back foot when Rotherham, who come into the game with just one win in their opening seven, took a surprise lead. The Millers went ahead against the run of play when Hugill picked up the ball on the left flank, with Preston failing to close their former striker down, as he curled right-footed past Freddie Woodman from 20 yards out. Preston were back in it when Lindsay evaded Sam Klukas in a crowded box and nodded in from Robbie Brady's delivery. Neither side could find a winner in the second half, with Preston coming closest as Mads Frochjar played through ball towards Brad Potts, who then attempted to find Osmasic, but Rotherham hastily cleared their lines before the Montenegrin could, re could not could replicate his midweek heroics got there eventually. Swansea City 3, Sheffield Wednesday 0. Swansea City eased the pressure on head coach Michael Duff by claiming a comprehensive first championship win of the season against fellow strikers Sheffield Wednesday. Jamal Lowe marked his first home appearance since rejoining Swansea with a goal and an assist, steering his side into first-half lead from the penalty spot after Paul Valentin fouled Josh Ginelli. After Wednesday defender Babu Diaby hit the crossbar on the hour, the home side pulled clear thanks to measured finishes from Jerry Yates and Charlie Patino. 
Duff's maiden championship win, a Swansea boss, came at the eighth time of asking and ended the club's longest win league start, winless start since 1991. While a long-awaited victory will take some of the focus away from Duff's position, a sixth league defeat for the season leaves opposite number Zisco Mendoz looking extremely vulnerable. Another interview for you now, and we've heard him a few times this season already, but let's actually hear him in a slightly more positive mood. Swansea City boss, Michael Duff. Uh, Michael, three goals, three points, first league win of the season. He must be a very happy man. Yeah, relieved, um, but proud. Proud of the players. Um, you know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of noise. I was I was really really pleased with the supporters as well, and it's really important that they they, they stay like that. So we've, we've got to thank them first and foremost because I thought they were excellent. I thought the way the players have stuck together. You know, we've got an injury in the first three or four minutes, and you're thinking, oh, here we go again. Um, but the difference between this week and Tuesday, I thought, was that the subs came on and impacted the game really really well. But probably could have been more in the end. Should have been more. Um, but yeah, clean sheet, three goals, um, some good performances, and the most thing I was proud of is the way that everyone stuck together. Um, it's it's tough. It's a tough world. It's a tough business. There's been a, a bit of noise flying around, but I think it's um, re- re- relief and and really proud today. Plenty of energy in the performance, Michael. Particularly without the ball, the number of times you won it back high up the field and created opportunities from doing that as well. Yeah, I think so. That was almost some of the frustration. I think we pinched it 58 times which is a lot, and I thought we could have created a few more, just that killer pass. But again, the players are anxious, the players want to do well. Um, and the difference to Tuesday to today, maybe because we were at home, we had the support of the supporters, it was that there was a little bit more confidence, a little bit more belief that, well, if we keep doing what we're doing, we'll, we'll go on and score another one. We had to ride out a little bit with a little bit of luck with the one that hit the crossbar. But you're not going to dominate a game for 90 minutes. And the, and the key is that, this is what we're saying, that we managed to defend the box well, uh, for that 10-15 minute period and probably the first 5-10 minutes of the game as well and then it, it gives you a platform to play some, some of your football on which I thought was good today. Yeah, and the calibre of two of the goals as well, Michael. You know, really nice build-up for Jerry, first time finish into the bottom corner you know, and Charlie's is a, is a great counter-attacking goal. Yeah, and I think the first goal, the penalty, um, the build-up to the actual incident that well, I thought that was uh, a good move. But no, Jerry, pleased for really, another thing I was really pleased with all three goals, all 11 players on the pitch ran together. And that showed the spirit and the quality within, and the togetherness within the squad. They they've been good. They've been working really hard, and it's we get twenty minutes in them when that game, and then thirty minutes in that, and then forty five. And today we managed to stick it together a little bit. There's still miles more room for improvement. We know that. We don't think we've arrived, but you know it, it's it's a, a monkey off the back getting that first win. And for Jamal and Jerry, you know strikers feed off goals, don't they? For Jamal, first goal back here, and for Jerry again, you know that's I think that's. Four shots on target, three goals. You know that's really clinical finishing, isn't it? Yeah, the key is we need to get him more. Yeah. But there's, it's a two-way street with the centre forwards. They have to hold it up for us to get him up the pitch. But I think um, Jamal's going to get better and better. He's because he's, he's we're still trying to get him fit on the job, which again is difficult. You know he, he's had a pre-season, but he hasn't really. He's no played no football. Christian Pedersen got through his first ninety minutes today. I thought it was excellent today as well. So hopefully those those players are getting fitter and fitter because we are starting to pick up a few injuries now. Yeah. You asked the supporters on Thursday, Michael, to back the team. They certainly did that today, didn't they? Had great uh, vocal support throughout. The positivity from the stands, I thought the positivity from the players, the staff, and and it's what you need. You need you need you know there's 25 players, 30 staff. I don't know how many staff there are. 15, 20,000 supporters, all pulling in the same direction. Um, and it takes time to build trust. I understand that. I don't think we've arrived, but um, 
I think that togetherness was really, really important today because it would have been easy, the first straight pass for it to go, oh, here we go again. You know, the first injury in the five minutes, oh, here we go again. But we did, and I was really, really pleased with that and, and thankful as well. And, and a platform to build on now, Michael. You know, three points, you know, hopefully winning can become a habit. Can it? it's, a, it's important to get that sort of monkey off your back, as you said earlier. Yeah, now it doesn't mean that we're just going to guarantee to go and win. It's a tough league. Yeah. But the positives are the clean sheets, the positives are some of the football, um, the positives were the energy that we showed, the intensity that we showed. And you know the players aren't the players aren't daft. They know this is the first time we've been back here since the Cardiff game. So there was a, there was there was that in there as well. You know they they know they needed to give the supporters something off the back of uh, um, last Saturday, which was disappointing for everyone involved in the football club. But I think hopefully they've earned a little bit of credit back. They've got a long way to go before you can make up for that uh, performance and that result. But we're we're trying, we're working, and we'll hopefully get there. I can just ask for an update on Nathan Wood and Josh Janelli first off before half time, Michael. Um, Woody just looks like an ankle sprain right? until we get the significance of it when they get scanned and things like that. He's in a boot now, but that's often the case. So I don't know about that one. Josh, again, I don't know, but from what he's saying and what actually, what you know, there's no one near him. It, it doesn't look great. But again, until we um, until we until we get the, the results of the, the scans from the medics, then we won't know. But it, it didn't didn't look and sound great. And the final Saturday game. West Brom Jambian nil, Millwall nil. West Brom were held to a battling draw by Millwall at the Hawthorns to make it four games without victory for the Baggies. Albion were indebted to a penalty save from Alex Palmer on 28 minutes when he turned Zion Fleming's spot kick around the post. Lions keeper Bartosz Bielikowski made an instinctive stop to deny Matt Phillips while Alex Mowat and Brandon Thomas Asante thundered the ball against Albion sought to win it. Millwall, who go up to 10th in the championship, have now lost only one of their last nine games against the Baggies. On to the Sunday games now. Stoke City 1, Hull City 3. Hull City climbed to 4th in the championship table with a comfortable victory over Stoke. The Tigers had fortunate defect of deflections for two of their three goals in, in the Potteries. But they are still more than worthy winners, as the plummeting Potters were outplayed on home soil to suffer a fourth defeat in five. There was only one winner from the moment that Hull struck, with two goals in two first-half minutes from Aaron Connolly and Adama Traore. Regan Slater's shot took a wicked deflection for a long-range third to seal Hull's third straight away win. Top scorer Andre Vigidal did pull one back for the hosts, but in their sixth season back at this level after Premier League relegation in 2018, Alex Neal's extensively reassembled Stoke side, now since 20th in the second tier. Let's listen to Hull City boss Liam Rossinia. Very well done today, three goals and three points. What did you make of it? Yeah, really happy apart from the goal at the end. Uh, we had complete dominance, complete control pretty much from the first whistle. Um, and, and the lads are giving me everything. I, I can't fault them today. So a really good win and we have to keep moving forward and, and not get complacent in our performances. Your um, mother nature, I think, was uh, on our side a little bit in that first half, particularly in the second goal for the long ball forward. I know no, that Alsop's got the, I know, I know he's got, I know he's got the quality. That's right. What's what Ryan Alsop can do is he's hit a pass to Aaron. 70 yards, that's why I brought him to the club. It's not Mother Nature, my friend. That's his quality. I've seen him do it so many times. And not just his build up, I thought our build up was top today. We played through them at will at times. They couldn't get to grips with the way we built. Um, but he gives you that option as well to go in behind and long. You have to mix your game up. So, yeah, really, t some excellent goals today. Really delighted. 
both wi- both sides of the wings contributing to both goals in that first half. How happy was you that you hit the second goal as soon as the first yeah, one? Yeah, that's gone the in one. Well? If you can get that second goal, it, it, you know it settles the the game down. And Adama, I knew he was going to score after what happened on Wednesday. He's a top player, and it's a fantastic finish from him. Um, I, I've got players on good, in good form at the moment, so it's a difficult job for me at the moment to not just pick a uh, starting eleven, but pick a bench as well. Yeah. Regan getting a, another goal after goal scoring in pre-season as well. How delighted are you for him as, as yeah. well as Morton? orchestrating in the midfield. So many I could go through. I thought Tyler Morton for a full debut was absolutely top. I thought he controlled the game for us with Mika in the middle. I felt that Regan would give us energy in the, on the side, which you need in the third game in the week. Scores a great goal. Probably should have had a second, but he's got the energy to get there, you know, and I love him for that. So, yeah, all in all, really, really pleasing aspects. But again, I'll, I reiterate, we cannot get carried away. How happy are you for Triori in particular? Yeah, it's hard. He really felt it. He felt the miss, and we had a laugh and a joke about it in the team meeting after the game. Uh, not not straight after the game, but a couple of days after after it settles down. But good players are in positions to score, and then Adama's got that ability, um, and he's been excellent since he's come back from his injury. And playing more centrally too, and having to fight off illness as well. Yeah, but look, I was still recruiting. The start of the season, the window wasn't shut. We had a plan. I wanted wingers in, and now we've got Jaden in, and my plan was always for Adama to play in the middle of the pitch, but needs must. Do you know what I mean? You can't have it perfect on the first day. Um, so, yeah, delighted. And look, I've got so many options. I can rotate, um, but they need the lads need to keep working as hard as possible in every day in training. And do you, I'm correct in saying, I think Jacob Gray is suspended for the next game, is yeah, that right? Yeah, I think Jacob got his fifth, uh, yeah. which is disappointing. But again, that's why you have a squad. I thought Sean McLaughlin for 20 minutes was excellent coming on. Headed everything out of the box. So Sean was one of our top players last season. That's what you need to be successful in the championship. And you didn't even need two fun today. Yeah, it, well, you, you, you just—it's making me happy. You're just mentioning all these players, um, but yeah, not today. But we will need him in the future, and he, another one who's been outstanding. How delighted are you? I know we've pretty much gone through the whole team, but Connolly now on five goals as well, and his goal-to-minute ratio is extraordinary. Aaron, I have always thought Aaron had the ability in the right team to score goals. Um, same with Liam. Same with Scott. Um, and I've, I've known him a long time and I just felt he needed someone who understands him to get the best out of him and look, it's not, not down to me, it's down to him he's been so professional, he's working so hard and when you work hard you get your just rewards And finally, Sunderland nil, Cardiff City won Mark McGuinness scored a late winner as Cardiff withstood a dominant Sunderland to secure their first away victory of the season in the league McGuinness headed home Ryan Wintle's free kick with four minutes remaining to give Errol Bulletside an unlikely three points. Sunderland endured a frustrating afternoon with Cardiff keeper Jack Annick denying Alex Pritchard and Jack Clark. But Cardiff grabbed a third successive league win, which sees them move up to seventh in the table. Defeat ended Sunderland's five-match unbeaten run, although they do remain fifth. So let's take a look at the league. Uh, well, at the league table now. Of course, not everyone has played eight games. Huddersfield versus Coventry City is actually taking place on Monday night, so we don't know how that's gone. But everyone else has played eight games. So at the top of the table, two teams sit on twenty-one points, but for the better of do- goal difference, Leicester City sit top of the championship table. In second place, two goals less in their goal difference, sit Ipswich Town. Third place, Preston North End on 20 points. A five-point gap drops down to fourth place where we see Hull City. And Sunderland and Leeds round out the playoff spots with 13 points apiece. Level on points with Cardiff City and Norwich. At the wrong end of the table, now most teams have now picked up their first wins, including Swansea and Middlesbrough. They still find themselves in 21st and 22nd respectively. 
level on points with Middlesbrough with five in 23rd, sit Rotherham United, and distant even really at this stage, two points from eight games and a minus nine goal difference, bottom of the table, Sheffield Wednesday. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. So, on to League One. And we'll start with Blackpool 4, Reading 1. Jordan Rhodes' first hat-trick for nearly four years helped Blackpool blow away Reading with a comprehensive 4-1 victory. Three goals in 11 first-half minutes, including one for debutant Kylian Kouazi, left firing, uh, misfiring Reading with a mountain to climb as their 22-year wait for a league victory at Bloomfield Road continues. Bolton Wanderers 1, Peterborough United 1. Victor Adboyejo scored his 10-man Bolton battle to a one-all League One draw at home to Peterborough. Gethin Jones was dismissed for Bolton just before half-time, and Posh went on to hit the woodwork three times in the second half. In a flurry of action at the end of the first half, Johnson Clark Harris headed home Harrison Burroughs' superb cross to give Darren Ferguson's side a 42-second minute second lead. But Adwoyejo bagged his fifth goal of the campaign three minutes later, after Nikasas Bilikapik only parried Josh Dakris Kogli's cross into the striker's path. Then, in first half stoppage time, Jones, deputising as skipper for the injured Ricardo Santos, was dismissed by referee Ross Joyce for his challenge on Ricky Jade Jones. Peterborough, who had 25 shots, dominated the second half with Burroughs twice striking the woodwork, as did Bolton defender Jack Iredell from posh wing-back Peter Chiozo's cross. Bristol Rovers 4, Wigan Athletic 1. Jack Hunt scored his first goal in Bristol Rovers colours to put the West Country side on course for a thumping 4-1 win over Wigan at the Memorial. The tone was set for a vibrant home display on 13 minutes as winger Luke Thomas put Rovers ahead in style, cutting in from the right and shooting left-footed beyond Sam Tickle's dive. Charlie White drew, drew the Latics level on 21 minutes with his sixth goal this season, tapping past Matthew Cox, but it was as good as it got for Sean Maloney's team. Rovers regained the lead five minutes later when right-back Hunt popped up in attack to head in from close range, and Joey Barton's side never looked back. Welsh forward Aaron Collins doubled the advantage eight minutes after half-time when he smashed the ball beyond Tickle from 12 yards out. Hunt, who joined Rovers from Sheffield Wednesday last month, turned provider on 68 minutes with a curling cross that, that striker John Marquis rose to nod in and leave Wigan struggling in the relegation zone. Burton Albion 1, Fleetwood Town 1. Burton and Fleetwood ground out a hard-fought one-all draw at the Pirelli in a game high on effort but low on quality. Joel Powell and Junior Quitana scored the goals that the only real highlights of the game between the two sides that both had difficult starts to their League One campaign. The point for Albion at least enabled them to climb out of the bottom four, courtesy of results elsewhere. Cambridge United 1, Port Vale 1. Goalkeeper Connor Ripley was the Port Vale hero as he saved a late penalty from Fajiri Okanabiri to earn his side a one-all draw at Cambridge. 
Ripley dived to his right to block Okunabiri's weak 90th minute spot kick, awarded after Jack Lancaster had been fouled by Nathan Smith. No, not that one. Okunabiri had come off the bench to equalise for the U's, who trailed to Ben Garrity's first half strike. Charlton Athletic 3, Wickham Wanderers 1. Wickham's five-match unbeaten streak in League One was ended, as Charlton head coach Michael Appleton won his first home game in charge 3-1. The Addicts took the lead in the 27th minute after Miles Leeburn scored his first league goal of the season. The teenager drilled across Max Stierjek after excellent approach play by Tyrese Campbell. Chairboy striker Sam Vokes headed a Luke Leahy free kick against the crossbar just before the interval. Wickham made it one all after 54 minutes as West Ham Loney Freddie Potts volleyed home his first senior goal from the edge of the box after Gareth McCleary's corner was only partially cleared. Two Charlton substitutes combined to restore the host leads. Slobodan Tedic did not connect cleanly with Tanai Watson's cross, but it curled past Stierjek just two minutes after the on-loan Manchester City frontman had been introduced to the action. Corey Blackett-Taylor, a live-wide menace throughout, settled the current contest in stoppage time, cutting in from the right of the penalty area before clinically finishing. Cheltenham nil, Stevenage 3. Cheltenham Town become the first team in Football League history to fail to score in their opening nine league games of the season as they were well beaten by Stevenage. The managerless, managerless Robbins, who parted company with boss Wade Elliott in midweek and placed Kevin Russell in temporary charge, have now gone more than 13 and a half hours without a League One goal this season. In failing to net against Borough, they broke the record previously held by Halifax Town, who failed to score in any of their first eight league games in the fourth tier in the 1990-91 campaign. And Cheltenham have only netted once in 11 games in all competitions this season. And that was an own goal, scored by Bristol Rovers' James Gibbons in a 4-1 EFL Trophy defeat earlier this month. In terms of the Cheltenham, uh, Jordan Roberts got the first goal in the 7th minute, with two goals followed up in the 69th and 73rd by Elliot List. Leighton Orient 1, Shrewsbury Town 0. Leighton Orient recorded a hard-fought home victory over Shrewsbury with a solidarity goal by Rule Sotteru separating the two sides. There was a lively and positive start to the game with five corners in the opening eight minutes, the first in favour of the visitors with 16 seconds from the start. The, uh, the Shrews squandered a golden opportunity after four minutes when Max Mata was sent clear, but he saw his shot blocked by the outstretched foot of Orient keeper Sol Brin. But O's striker Sotteru showed the way after 20 minutes when he slammed a shot into the roof of the net for his fourth goal of the season after Idris El Mazzouni fashioned the opportunity. The second period lacked quality, with the visitors who had not scored in their previous four league games showing their profligacy in front of goal, with Bryn denying Ryan Bowman and Tom Flanagan. At the opposite end, Sotteru and Ethan Galbraith missed good chances uh, to put the issue beyond all doubts for the hosts. Northampton Town 1, Barnsley 2. Barnsley made it three away wins in a row, with 2-1 victory over Northampton. The tights hit the front after just four minutes at Sixfields, when goalkeeper Lee Burge miscued a clearance straight to Callum Stiles, who took the advantage with a brilliant first-time volley. Very little happened during the rest of the game right until the very end, as Devante Cole got his second goal uh, in the 88th minute to make it 2-0 to Barnsley, and a uh, consolation by Lewis Apiri getting one for Northampton in the 98th minute. 
Oxford United 3, Exeter City 0. Carl Edwards and Ruben Rodriguez inspired Oxford to a 3-0 win over promotion rivals Exeter in front of more than 10,000 fans at the Kassam Stadium. Oxford went ahead in the 8th minute when Edwards, Edwards sorry, on loan from Ipswich delivered a measured cross from the left for Rodriguez to head his first goal for the club from 6 yards. The Grecians had chances to level, with Reese Cole twice having shot save, before Cameron Brannigan sealed United's victory with two late penalties. Will Ameson tripped Rodriguez seven minutes from time, and Brannigan hit his first penalty low into the bottom left-hand corner. Substitute Josh Murphy was then brought down by Will Ameson in stoppage time, and Brannigan converted his second spot kick in an almost identical fashion. Edwards proved a thorn in Exeter's side throughout the first half, and twice set up opportunities for Billy Bowden. From the second of them, goalkeeper Viljami Sinisalo did well to turn a Bowden's powerful drive around a post. The Grecians, who had been looking to make it three wins in a row away from home in League One, threatened with Tom Carroll heading Dimitri Mitchell's cross wide at the near post. Harry Kite sliced a 20-yard effort wide, and former Oxford forward Yannick Vilchut saw a fierce angled shot come off the post. Oxford left-back Keenan Brown hammered a left long-range left-footed drive wide early in the second half, and Brannigan went close with a shot that Sinisalo appeared to touch onto a post. Cole saw his 25-yard free kick beaten out by home keeper James Beeble, who saved again from Cole on his knees moments later, before Brannigan's pair of penalties killed off Exeter. Portsmouth 2, Lincoln City one. Regan Poole nodded the winner against his former club, Lincoln City, to give Portsmouth a 2-1 victory and keep John Massinho's side top of League One. Centre-back Poole only scored four goals during his two and a half years at the LNR Stadium, but he completed Pompey's comeback with a fine header. The Imps took the lead in the fifth minute in freak circumstances, and po- as Pompey centre-back Connor Shaughnessy hit the ball into Hakeem Adelakoun's standing foot, and it looped into the goal. It was the striker's first goal of his first league start of the season. But Portsmouth were level within three minutes, as Abu Kamara collected a poor defensive header from Lasse Sorensen, and passed to Alex Robertson, who laid the ball onto Paddy Lane to finish. Pools met Jack Sparks' perfect cross to put Pompey ahead in first half stoppage time and score for the second home match running. Pordy O'Connor almost stole a point for Lincoln at the death, but Will Norris pulled one off the, uh, from point-blank range to, as uh, Pompey remained unbeaten in the league this season. And finally, Carlisle United nil, Derby County 2. James Collins scored his 200th goal in club football as he fired Derby to a first away league win at Carlisle since 1957. The Republic of Ireland International opened the scoring after 18 minutes and wrapped up a 2-0 win for Paul Warren's men with an 84th minute penalty at Brunton Park, making it rather exciting and one of those really weird and sad nerdy facts for many football anoraks around the world. The two goals being scored in the 18th and 84th, therefore making 1884, is of course the year that Derby County were founded. Potent striker Collins scored for the second league game in a row as he powered home from Nathaniel Mendes Lang's cutback. After the goal, Collins was full of confidence and fired over just moments later. County keeper Joe Wildsmith was reprieved by the crossbar as he fumbled Jordan Gibson's dipping strike. Crystal Palace loanee Luke Plange, who opened his Cumbrian's account last weekend, fired against a post in first-half stoppage time. Luke Plange, of course, formerly of Derby County's youth team. Erin Cashin nodded wide at the back post on the hour as the visitors chased a second. And the goal came with six minutes left to wrap up Derby's third away league win of the season. 
Collins beat Jurkel Anderson to the ball and earned a penalty when he was bundled over by the keeper. He duly stepped up and rifled home from 12 yards. A League One interview for you now, and we'll have friend of Three Valleys, Derby County manager, Paul Warren. Paul, well done. 2 0 win away from home. What are you feeling after that one? Uh, relieved, I think. Um, uh, I'd like us to obviously play better. We had moments in the game, um, defended reasonably well. Um, there were some good performances, but you know I'd obviously like some uh, some better performances. But uh, yeah, we've done enough to win, and away from home in League One, well in any league, just about winning. So I, we'll put, I've said this loads of times, I know, but we'll play significantly better and lose and we'll play a lot worse and win I suppose but um, yeah overall okay uh, and pleased to win What did you like about the performance then? Um, I think we uh, I thought we saw the game out quite well I thought the last 20 minutes we were pretty resolute I thought uh, the back line were good like Cash and Nels defended the crosses Nels done a lot of tidying up Joe looked really mature in goal and the two fullbacks defended well and we looked dangerous on the counter so I enjoyed that part of the game although we should have made more of our counters I think I enjoyed that part of our game I enjoyed the first 15-20 minutes when we had a bit of control but we've done a lot of, of a lot of unforced errors today which isn't really like us so we need to get better on the ball I think um, yeah and they're, they're, they're highlights I think clearly there are areas that you want to improve but do you feel that sort of that will come with maybe sort of winning some games and getting some momentum going because you mentioned I think last week it's been a bit stop start so far this season yeah well we have a good week with the lads this week which is good um, so I'm looking forward to that and you know you can build off wins I mean I don't hand on heart it doesn't bother me how we play if we win <laughs> it's an easier interview to, uh, to say that we could be better but we've won 2-0 so not being disrespectful to Carlisle, they're three points behind us before today's game, so we can't oh, we can't turn up and think we have a desired right to, to win football games. But I do think I do think we'll play better. But uh, I thought we defended well. I just disappointed a few times we give the ball away uh, needlessly. So uh, and obviously we'll watch the game back. Uh, it might look better than I uh, feel at this moment. Um, but I'm pleased with the win and the dressing room are pleased. We've been a bit down. Uh, it's been a tough week for us, uh, so we're really pleased that we could finish it with a win. Two goals for James Collins. He's now on 200 in club football, which is some achievement. Wow, he's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, really pleased for him. Like He lives, he dedicates his life to football, um, wants to play every minute of every game. But in fairness, he took his goal well. He probably could have had another one first half that I need to speak to him about. But... And he won the penalty, he took the penalty, so it doesn't get much better than that for a strike. And I thought he was our physical presence up top today, um, and we needed it. And, and places like this, um, you, you need a physical presence because you're under the cosh. And like, you can be wax lyrical about um, any of the players when you win, uh, but I think the thing with Colo that uh, I don't know if people notice, but his actual um, out of possession stuff is really good. But what he's very good at is helping us defend set pieces. Um, He's really good at that, and he, he brings a massive part to our game as well. And like I said, away from home, they score a corner from a corner or a free kick, and they had a lot. Uh, all of a sudden, it's one all, and you're against it. So he plays a massive part in that as well. So yeah, really pleased for Colo, um, and it's something he'll look back. I mean, he looks back at it probably this minute yeah. with pride. But I know his son will be buzzing. So uh, the fact he's got another two and got 200 goals, 200 goals at any level is impressive. So. Um, in later life um, he'll be even prouder 
brought Ryan Nyambi in this week came straight into the side were you pleased with his performance yeah excellent he gets close to people defends well um, look Kane was excellent midweek but that's Kane's first game and uh, you know we've got to try and manage the players um, and keep them fit and healthy so and I thought when Kane came on he was a handful um, he plays like he's uh, 15 at school I buzz off people like that although running to get the ball in the last minute into great but uh, yeah but I thought Ryan done really well I've congratulated him in there for you know his professional debut so that is obviously a joke before someone writes in uh, played loads of games he just looked a bit assured and that's sort of what we needed and in times of the game today a bit of calm uh, helped so yeah really pleased and it's nice for him to start with a clean sheet and a win and hopefully there's many more to come he had a tremendous way back in again today, which I know is always the case, but it's a hell of a long trip up here and they made their voices heard. You must be pleased for them to go home with a win. Yeah, really pleased. It's nice. Obviously, there's not many um, uh, in football. You've got to enjoy the nice times, even if it's only for 60 seconds, that you can go over and enjoy it with the team and uh, your staff and, and the fans. So, yeah, really appreciate people coming. I've got a funny thing. A lot of people are thinking, ah, there's one less that... Uh, Stadium to come to, so hopefully we don't have to. No offence, we don't have to come here next year because probably be half because everyone's gone. Well, I've been there. I don't need to go there again. But I appreciate how far it is, and obviously the lads enjoy winning in front of the fans. And you know, two wins in a week, however they come, uh, whoever they're against, uh, uh, are welcome. So uh, we can finish the week really proud of our efforts. And just lastly, a full week on the training ground before another three-game week next week. Looking forward to getting down to some work again on the training ground. Yeah, we are, and like you know, we do some on the training ground, and we'll obviously do some in the classroom as well, because that's essential that we we you know try and eradicate some of our poor playing, and also trying to give the lads the confidence in their really good playing. There were some really good parts today, um, but uh, we just need more of it, and we're always trying to push performances and push standards and make the lads better individually and collectively and that's what a week gives you it gives you an opportunity to go back to the training ground you know reinforce messaging we can see there's a couple of things that um, weren't amazing today that we we work with the lads and hopefully come next week we'll be amazing at that and amazing at that and we win three nil at home and everyone's happy so that's what we'll work towards and uh, it's always nice to have that week after a win so let's take a look at the League One table. A variety of games played, mainly eight and nine matches across the league. Nine matches played, 19 points, and sitting top of the table are Portsmouth. Oxford United sit in second with 18 points, and uh, and there after only eight games played. Stevenage also on 18 points and eight goal difference as well, uh, but are in third because they've played one game more. Fourth place is Port Vale with 17, whilst Barnsley and Exeter are 5th and 6th on 16 points respectively. At the wrong end of the table, of course, unsurprisingly, we see Cheltenham with only 1 point from 9 games and a worrying minus 15 on goal difference. Fleetwood with 2 points after only eight ga- after 8 games played, still much to be done for Lee Johnson. Reading sit in at 22nd with 5 points, as do Wigan Athletic. Burton reach out of the bottom four for the first time this season with 6 points from 9 games, while picking up that important draw against Fleetwood. So, 
Just before we move on to League Two, just a kind reminder to everybody. Of course, you're listening to fantastic uh, Three Valleys radio content right now, thanks to the wonders of the EFL review. But there are plenty of other podcasts that are all available on the Three Valleys website for you to check out. I would personally recommend something as exciting as Football Bloody Hell, as you may or may not hear this exact voice on there every now and again. As always, though, plenty of other great shows uh, in the world of music, in the world of horse racing and the world of cricket, to name just but a few. Uh, if you're uh, a fan of European football, would also highly recommend the new show that's coming out soon on Three Valleys Radio. Watch this space. But let's move on to League Two. And we will start with Crew Alexander 2, Colchester United 1. Chris Long's early double strike helped secure Crew a 2-1 win over Colchester. The railwaymen were out of the blocks quickly at Cresty Road with Long on the mark in the third and seventh minute. The U's hit back strongly after the break when Samson Tavide cut the arrears and crew were left hanging on before registering their third success in the last four games. Doncaster Rovers 2, Gillingham 1. A stunning strike from Ben Close earned a 2-1 win for a resurgent Doncaster over early league pace setters Gillingham. The midfielder, who had put Rovers ahead early in the game, smashed in a shot from 25 yards in the 87th minute to win a closely contested affair. I feel like I said almost an identical thing this time last week when they played Forest Green. Uh, he also got a goal in the 12th minute, which was rather impressive and was immediately well, cancelled out by Connor Masterson for Gillingham at the stroke of half-time. Grimsby 2 Crawley Town 3. Crawley fought back from two goals behind to beat Grimsby 3-2, with a dramatic stoppage time winner from Danilo Orsi against his former club, proving decisive. A frantic 11-minute spell in the first half at Blundell Park set the tone, as goals from Gavin Holohan and Abu Isa put the hosts in control, only for Liam Kelly and Ronan Darcy to reply immediately for Crawley. Orsi then settled the lead to contest in the sixth minute of added time, lifting Crawley to fourth. Harrogate Town 3, Salford City 2. Harrogate attacker Abraham Odo, also Ibby to his friends, ended a 20-game goal drought to settle a 3-2 thriller against Salford. Odo scored for the first time since March to also earn Harrogate a first-ever league win over the Amis, the 13th attempt. Earlier, George Thompson and Sam Follerin had given the hosts a 2-0 lead, only for Curtis Tilt and Matt Smith to level things up. After thumping a long-range effort against the upright early on, Thompson opened the scoring from the penalty spot just past the quarter-hour mark. Matty Daly tumbled over Ethan Ingram's dangling leg, and Thompson blasted down the middle of the goal as Salford keeper Alex Cairns dived to his right. That lead was doubled as the first half midway point, when Daly found Follerin and the former Middlesbrough striker's ten-yard shot trickled over the line after Cairns had got a hand on the ball. The visitors rallied with Conor McElhenney deflecting long-range strike, clipping the crossbar and reduced the deficit when centre-back Tilt found the bottom corner with an overhead kick eight yards out in the 29th minute. Action continued to swing from end to end after the break, with Smith clearing an Anthony O'Connor header off the line before prodding in a 58th-minute equaliser following McElhenney's right-wing cross. A deflected Kane Ramsey cross struck the outside of the post before the Harrogate right-back charged upfield and found Daly, who, in turn, threaded the ball through the left channel for Odo to confidently curl inside the far post from 12 yards. The goal extended struggling Salford's longest ever run of successive defeats as an EFL outfit to a fifth contest. An interview for you now, and this time let's make it a player from Harrogate player George Thompson. 
I mean, just sum up that match, please. <laughs> you know that that start to the first half in particular, you must be pleased with. Yeah, the first sort of 30 minutes, I think I don't think they had a kick really. Um, completely in the driving seat. Um, obviously, two goals to the good, and then um, I think that probably their first sight on goal. Obviously, they've they've scored and. It, it kind of at half time that brought it's kind of it's gone from a very good first half to thinking right well we've you know we've sort of let them back in a little bit so um, but I think overall I think we got what we deserve today in the three points and um, I think on the whole I think it was another good performance yeah and the gaffer spoke before about taking the handbrake off a wee bit an attack three goals today especially the way Solford came back you must be pleased with that being a leader on this team as well yeah it was it was good and I think it was uh, it was nice to play in as well you know in that, especially in that first 30 minutes when it was free flowing and everyone was getting on the ball and we were sort of playing playing the game in their half really um, so yeah it was, that was enjoyable and um, I think moving forward obviously we've just got to make sure that we as a team stay stay right on it you know in terms of concentration and, and, and making good decisions and doing the right thing all the way through all the way through the full 90 minutes because you know that game really shouldn't probably shouldn't have been as close as it was in the end yeah and obviously looking back at last week you know probably a similar position with the last couple of minutes with a lead to hold on to just how pleased are you to see the lads climb on to that lead this time and, and take the confidence for that as well yeah well I think it shows the character in the dressing room um, you know that's two the two previous games you know they're tough tough to take when you can see goals that late on um, and obviously there you're defending a one goal one goal lead going into extra time and you know everyone's putting bodies on the line and making sure that we get that three points in the end and um, I think it was a real team effort and team performance today that, that got us over the line. Finally yourself another goal at home as well you must be pleased with how you started the season. Yeah it's, it's, it's been good for me personally but um, as cliche as it is it, it's it's irrelevant really because the main thing is getting them three points and, and getting on a, a, a winning run. Um, because I think you can see now with the, the way that we're playing, especially in that first half, if we can if we can do that week in, week out and show that consistency, then there's no reason why we can't climb the table. Mansfield Town 1, Barrow 0. Mansfield remain the only EFL side unbeaten in all competitions after a hard-earned 1-0 win over Barrow. They had to be patient until Ollie Clark finally netted after 72 minutes and the visitors' hopes of a fight back were rocked by a red card for junior Tinesia, 12 minutes later. Morecambe 2, Swindon Town 2. 10-man Morecambe denied Swindon another victory, with a late Ethan Walker goal rescuing a 2-all draw. The Robins looked set to maintain their excellent start of the season when they went 2-1 up ahead of the, on the hour. And Morecambe saw Jan Sanogo sent off, but Derek Adams' men never gave up and claimed a well-earned point. Newport County 1, Bradford City 4. Andy Cooked marked his return from injury with a hat-trick to fire Bradford City to a comfortable win at Newport County. Bradford had not won in the league since Cook last played a month ago, but the veteran striker opened his account for the season with two first-half goals either side of Ray and Tullock's first league goal. Omar Bogle offered Newport a glimmer of hope before half-time, but it was not enough to deny Mark Hughes' side only a third league win. And the goals continue. Notts County 4, Forest Green Rovers 3. League 2 leaders Notts County were able to overcome a Troy Deeney hat-trick to preserve their unbeaten home record, edging a seven-goal thriller 4-3 against Forest Green. 
Dan Crowley and Macaulay Longstaff had given the hosts a two-goal lead at the break, but Deeney's five-minute brace reduced the arrears. John Bostock and David McGoldrick were on hand to rescue the hosts with two quick-fire goals, despite Deeney scoring from the penalty spot late on. Notts County's early dominance prevailed as Crowley was able to glance Jody Jones's cross in off the post, before Langstaff rounded off a fine attacking move inside the area. The visitors pulled the goal back as Deeney was able to turn and fire beyond Aidan Stone, doubling his tally with the right-footed effort inside the area. But two goals in three minutes restored County's two-goal advantage, Bostock finishing from close range before McGoldrick rounded off a brilliant counter-attack. Deeney did complete his hat-trick, smashing the ball down the middle from the spot, before almost adding a fourth in stoppage time, seeing a header hit the crossbar. And the final mega-goal thriller in League 2, Stockport County 5, Wrexham 0. Isaac and Lofay's high tr- hat-trick gave Stockport an emphatic win to end Wrexham's seven-match unbeaten run in the league. Elliot Lee twice went close for the visitors before County went ahead against the run of play, with the Lofay netting Will Collar's cross. Lofay fired past Mark Howard for his second, and two minutes later, Louis Barry added a third after a strong run. Alofe completed his hat-trick early in the second half, with substitute and, of course, former glover Paddy Madden adding a fifth late on. Dave Challoner's side are now ninth after their third successive league win, while Wrexham dropped to seventh following their first defeat since the opening day of the season. And if you want true definition of uh, being clinical, Stockport County had five shots on target, all five going in. Let's have our final interview of tonight, and we'll make it Wrexham manager... Phil Parkinson. Phil, a 5-0 defeat today in Stockport County. What went wrong out there today? Uh, I mean, it's as bad a first half as I can remember uh, as, as playing in terms of all the fundamentals in, in football. Um, so many times we gave the ball away cheaply in our own in the back third and, and middle third and put ourselves under pressure. So our, our selection of pass and then the weight of the pass, um, we put ourselves under so much pressure today. Um, and coming away to, to Stockport, you know, it's about getting a, a platform in a game, start properly, do the right things in the right areas of the pitch, and, and build a, a performance. And, and today we were sloppy in, in everything we did, and uh, you know, we've got to take our medicine today. After such a controlled performance last weekend, as you said, that we put ourselves under pressure today. How frustrating was it to see a performance like that? Yeah, well, listen, you know we've uh, done okay on the road so far this season, um, but it was uh, they were just a yard quicker, a yard sharp all over the pitch. You know we had so many performances today which were so far below par. Um, and it's kind of like difficult to explain that. I need to look at that, the reasons for that. Um, but they were sharper. Um, they were quicker than us. They put us under pressure. Um, and like I said, you know, when you come away from home, um, you've got to make sure that in the early part of the game, we make the right decisions on the ball. And there was so many times we tried floaty kind of balls in our own half to, to give them the opportunity to press us and put us under pressure and played the ball backwards too many times and yeah 
and then when it became the back third, we didn't defend our box anywhere near well enough, and, and we got punished. At the start of the second half, we conceded almost straight away. How frustrating was that? Yeah, because obviously we had a chat at half-time about what we felt we needed to do better, and then we, we've conceded a goal, which obviously 4-0 um, away from home is, is always going to be tough. We then had a period where we've had chances, we've hit the bar, we've, we've tried to, to create something. Uh, but to be fair to them, they defend, defended really well and, and made it difficult to protect the goal. And then we've conceded a fifth, which um, you know, is just too soft because if you're getting beat four nil away from home, make sure you don't get beat five you know, and make it any worse and you just stand strong as a team. So dis disappointed is that goal, even though the game is over at that point, as any of the others. Sutton United won, MK Dons won. Sutton ended a run of seven consecutive League 2 defeats with a one-all draw with MK Dons. It was a fourth game without a win for the Dons as they were forced to come from behind to earn a point at Gander Green Lane. Former Glover Omar Shawumni saw his powerful header cancelled out by Alex Gilby in the second half. Travnia Rovers 2, Accrington Stanley 0. Nigel Adkins got his first win in interim charge of Tranmere with a 2-0 victory against 10-man Accrington. Josh Hawkes' penalty gave Tranmere the advantage before Stanley's J. Rich Bagahelu received a straight red card for a poor tackle on the goalscorer, whose second after half-time ensured victory. And finally, Walsall 1, AFC Wimbledon 3. Connor Lem Lemonhay Evans, Jack Curry and Ali Alhamadi all scored their first league goals of the season as AFC Wimbledon won 3-1 at 10-man Walsall. The visitors led inside six minutes to stop Port Loney, Lehman Hay Evans, making his first Don start, rifled in a fierce 20-yard strike that Walsall keeper Owen Evans got a hand to, but could not keep out. Walsall almost levelled after 36 minutes, but Isaac Hutchinson's 25-yard free kick struck the bar. And then there was a man down seconds later as Taylor Allen was sent off for catching Omar Bagheel's legs with his studs. Wimbledon wasted a golden chance 11 minutes after the break when Ryan Sturk handled Lemonhay Evans' pullback, but homekeeper Evans saw Armani Little's tame penalty saved. And the 10-man Saddlers equalised in the 58th minute as Draper smartly controlled Hutchinson's cross before swivelling to fire into the bottom corner. Parity lasted just three minutes before Alhamdi teed up Curry just inside the box to fire home via a slight deflection. Alhamdi then made the point safe seven minutes from time, cutting inside to find the bottom corner from 18 yards. So, after the many, many goals, what does the League 2 table look like? Well, new leader, top of the table, 20 points from nine games, sit Notts County. Two points behind in second place are Gillingham. Mansfield in third place, despite still being unbeaten this season in all competitions, is not enough to see them top of the table. 17 points from a possible out of nine games played. Crawley level on points with them, also on 17 in fourth. Rounding out the playoff spots are 16 points 5th place Swindon and 16 points for 6th place Crew Alexander. And Wrexham, despite their absolute dismantling from Stockport, do still find themselves in 7th place with 15 points. At the wrong end of the table, both teams who are currently find themselves in the bottom two did pick up points this weekend. A win for Tramia Rovers sees them 23rd with 6 points from 9 games and Sutton's draw with MK Dons puts them on 4. 
But that brings us to the end of this week's EFL review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. Unfortunately, next week there won't be one, as I'm actually stuck working in Italy. Stuck being... A, uh, a loose term very much so as I'm working away at the Ryder Cup and therefore not able to take a look at all the exciting EFL action. So I will see you in two weeks. Let's hope they don't see anything too exciting without me. If you do, I do apologise and you'll just have to watch it through other alternative means but make sure you're back when I am very, very soon. Until then, have a lovely couple of weeks. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.